0: football is great for our city because we're like known in every corner of earth for our football in Manchester,
1: which is mint. If you go on holiday and people go, where are you from? And
0: you go, Manchester, and they go, ah, Man United. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and I want them to then go, in that Scruff of the neck. Scruff of the neck, Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, welcome back to pretend ship I have in here with me today uh the boss man at record label Scruff of the Neck. It's Mark Littman. I think boss man's a good, the
0: right one for the. I'll take it. In. I almost went Mark lipdog Dog You know when I was uh, <laughs> when I was like fourteen and I had a tag. It was lipdog L I P P. Yeah, D O G G. Double G as well. Double G, mate. Yeah, that, well Snoop Dogg's double G. Yeah. yeah. And I'm double P, so double P double and double N as well. And do
1: you have some uh, little freestyles you could?
0: Hey, when I was younger, honest to God, it's the most. It's it's really embarrassing. Obviously, and people look at would would hear this now and be like, "You sad fuck." But um, I'm allowed to say fuck.
1: You can't swear on this. No, you
0: can't swear. <laughs> you can swear. Uh, yeah, well, I'll get out. Well, I don't sister. know. Is see it seen them puns? Fuck now. I used to. Uh, I did. I went through a period where we were drinking on the streets and that, which is not what everyone does, but. When we were kids we'd go to like the rack the recreation ground and we'd have like me and my mate used to drink like cans of Boddingtons with you know the widget in it. Yeah. And, like everyone else was drinking like WKD and they're, like, What the fuck are you drinking Caffreys and Boddingtons for? But we liked it. And uh we used to go in like some of the scallies used to like beatbox and rap and um, every now and then I'd have a go at it. Yeah? I was quite good at it.
1: Like MCing? Yeah. Like when I'm on a mic, I've been a bit of a bit It was like no that. it
0: was more like it was like I'd say it's like spoke it was nearest to spoken word. No way. But it was like, it was like in, in that environment. But I wasn't very good at actually, you know, like the phonetics and like what were the, sort the of G stuff. I was more good at like the rhymes, like funny rhymes. So I'd do like, you know, like rhyming about the mum or something, you know, that old chestnut. Okay. Those with the lyrical themes. Right. There's absolutely no way on God's green earth that I'm going to rap for you
1: right now. Well, we'll see how we get on, perhaps <laughs> later. Yeah. Um, speaking of drinking in the street, you... Uh, I don't know if you mind me saying you're a little hungover today, are you? Yeah. How, how is it? I've not been out for drinks yet. There's
0: like uh, one massive stag do or something in town. It's like um, on Edge Street, you know, yeah, the street, There was uh, it was just like carnage, like people queuing up to get a table outside. And,
1: and what's the vibe like in the air? Is everyone just like, yeah, it's post uh, lockdown?
0: Yeah, like, yeah, it was carnage. Do you know what? I had a bit of a, a running with a guy. I want to get it off my chest. Obviously. Cool. So um, loads of, everyone, all the, the restaurants and the bars were like, lo- looking after the rules, you know, making sure rule of six and all that, and it yeah. was like, immaculately run. And I'm like a big fan of all of the businesses on the road, so I was like, ah, oh, mint, like doing a great job. It felt chaotic but safe, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, right at the end of the night when there was a few stragglers left over, because I was in the office because we had the TV show, um, and there was a few stragglers left over, so a few of them were a bit drunk, but they were all still obeying the rules. Anyway, this photographer turned up, this guy, um with loads of cameras on him, like he was like looked like paparazzi, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he starts going, Oh, come here girls, get together, you know, you, you all get together. I was just watching him doing this, right? From a distance. He's he was like, You all go together and like, oh come on, lads, and all that. And he started grouping people together right. into more than groups of six. And he's like taking photos and they're all pissed, they're all buzzing and just going with the flow and he's like and they're like, Yeah, camera guy, you know what I mean? So I like went outside and I went up to him what what are you taking photos for? And he's like, Oh, the uh, M E N or something. I was like, well, why are you grouping people together like? I think that's a bit so shady. the headline can be people. Everyone
1: disregarding the
0: rules. Yeah, and I just and I, and I had a big argument with him. And I was like, I think it's really. And he was like, you're being a prick. And I was like, well, yeah. No, I get him. I, like, I think man. you're trying to like trick the. You know, have you got permission name and shame? I don't know his name. But he was. Like, I did ask him at the time. I was like, what's your name? And he said like Paul or something. But he just and then he like got really angry with me. Really angry. and was vile and swore at me and ran off. But I just thought
1: sounds like a cool cool guy.
0: <laughs> yeah Just thought I'd get a one off my chest It touched me Sorry, What a just... weasel though Yeah I, I thought I mean maybe it was innocent But I was like Tell me what you're gonna Why are you grouping everyone together When you're not supposed to You know they're drunk I was like you're taking Do you know what I mean I felt a bit of a duty to
1: Step in You're like a uh, Edge Street Batman You got the... <laughs> A good night though In the end
0: Oh yeah but ov- otherwise yeah, The atmosphere it... Seem to be really good. Like we we're watching out the window. And, uh,
1: oh, I can't wait, man. We're going for a few. Um, beverages yeah, we are, later aren't we? And you've just. Uh, how old are you now?
0: Thirty-three.
1: And you can do two, uh, two on the bounce, two nights in a row. Mate,
0: I used to do like six on the bounce or whatever before lockdown. Yeah, it's, just, to be honest, just so before
1: lockdown you were doing six. Oh no, not
0: before. Uh, yeah, like before when um, before it all COVID came in. Wow. I, you, you remember? You worked at Scruff for a bit, and I'd come in like hungover a lot.
1: I just—I don't know if you were just sort of being uh, aloof fine. and uh, pretending for rock and roll purposes. You know, I'm a professional pre- pretender, thus being on pretendship. ship. shouts to myself.
0: Yeah, no, uh, uh, no, no, anyway, no, it wasn't that bad really, but yeah, um, I don't think I can do it. I think I'm just going to treat this week as an anomaly, support some of the businesses, have a beer, like the, some of the team have come in today, just to try and get a bit more of the culture back. Yeah, everyone's working for me, but now it's starting to come in like one or two days a week.
1: I mean, I would be remiss now if I didn't ask you while I've got you how you are feeling, sort of o- optimistic about music industry now that we're opening back up. And
0: yeah, I've got you. I run a music company, so if I'm not optimistic, I might as well quit. But I know, I know, I know what you mean. Um, I think like until I see a gig happening, I won't be like you know, believing it's back. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think it might be a bit strange at first. I think there might be like some tension and, you know, like, I mean, everyone knows the the old uh, cliche of going to a, an arena gig and, you know, like an oasis gig or something, someone throws piss all over you. Yeah. People are pissing because they don't want to lose a spot and then they throw it. And like the thought of that now is like mental. Barbaric, yeah. And like crowd surfing, like sweaty people going over you and, being there, singing dead loud next to each other, a lot of spit going everywhere. Yeah. People are going to be, like, diff- a lot different, like, but just a, generally. Are people... you saying
1: you're gutted that you're not going to be doused with piss at the next gig?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, to be honest, it's part of it. You take the rough with the smooth, don't you? Like, getting kicked in the head by a crowd. So that so is what it's all about, I think. Covered in piss is, like, part of the, part of the charm of the gig, is it? it? It's a bit like um, going back to uh, the Dark Ages or something, like, you know, going out in, in, like, a tribe and, like, hunting, in, you know, in a... In a caveman times or something, it's like it feels like a bit tribal and a bit like. Uh, that's interesting. Is that how you see it? You I don't think know. that
1: people are connecting with like a more primal <laughs> component of yeah, themselves? Because right, right. that's what it used to be all about. Like at the end of the night, you you know roast whatever antelope you've killed, and everyone starts banging <laughs> drums, and everyone gets in a trance, and you're all like chanting. Yeah, that's like what it war is. War
0: painting stuff. That's what it yeah, is. I, now. Think, I think it's a bit like some like football as well is similar. When you go to the football, it's a bit like you know you go and shout and swear, and you're like, you "Fuck off, referee! Yeah, you prick." it's like you don't actually you'd never tell that poor man running around in his little black kit to fuck off in real life would no. you just for do making a decision and it's like that like, um gigs you wouldn't like jump around and like get sweaty and like you know scream and shout yeah, it's like.
1: almost like a, a safe environment to to sort of address something that is dormant in all of our wiring and in our DNA that yeah. needs to be addressed but we, there's no way in modern society that we can do it so we've created these football
0: escapism or, yeah like uh, yeah, it's tribalism and escapism, because like football's particularly tribal, isn't it? Like, you know, a mate of mine came in the other day, who, um, he'll remain anonymous, I don't think his dad had mine, but uh, he'd, he'd come in because he was he was doing a job for me, bringing uh, the jukebox, you've seen the jukebox. Right? Yeah. And he was bringing it on his truck. Anyway, his dad and his dad's mate, who they run this building company with, came in, and uh, he's my mate from school, so I knew his dad, i have not seen his dad since I was 15 or whatever. So he came in, he's the nicest guy, but he's like... A bit of an old punk and he used to be a football hooligan he used to be in the Man United like hooligan firm or whatever yeah um, and he got telling me about the stories of I mean of, of when they were going on. oh
1: regalos man
0: well uh, yeah like so I asked him at the end this was horrible when I asked him at the end well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this but fuck it I was like why did you stop doing it um, in the end and uh, he said he saw someone get a sword put through them. Like, Holy you know, shit. I was like, that is not funny, I'm, I'm nervously laughing, but it's like, that's the extreme of it, I'm not in condoning that kind of tribalism, but like, that's the sort of thing that, uh, extreme it can go to in terms of like, yeah. what people turn into at these yeah. things. I like to, you know, our gigs and our, you know, when I go to the football, it's like a fun thing, and it brings out the best in you, in the best raw state, but that's like the, the really dark, Side of it. Guess that can happen at gigs as well, at like mosh pits and stuff. You've heard tragic uh, and people with drugs and stuff. You've heard people.
1: Did you? Were you ever a, a mosh pit frequenter back in
0: the day? No man, not really. I, I'm a bit of an indie kid, really. But when I was younger, yeah. I was like you know, arts, early arts at monkeys and. Oasis and stuff in that, but I didn't really go to... I didn't really like the big mosh pits.
1: What's your... W- Bit of a wuss. So there's... You can always say, oh, there's the the guy who stands at the back of the room and just sort of nods his head, and then there's the guy at the very front, and then there's this person the person who hangs out near VIP trying to claim that they Do you know what I mean? There's all different roles, and you can see these characters.
0: What's your role when you're at a gig? I'm, like, uh, just outside the pit. So sort of, I'd say... Not the, quite the best the seats
1: without um, without
0: fear of a sword being brandished on you. <laughs> yeah, oh man, I wish I'd never told you that story. It's actually brought it all back now. It was like harrowing when he's all There's, There's some funnier stories about getting beat. A beaten.
1: guy got um, locked up in my hometown for bringing a sword to a fancy dress party in costume. So he was like a gladiator or something, and then stabbed someone with a sword. But it was like it's not it,
0: funny, is it? he
1: managed to get the sword like into the because everyone was like, oh, it's just part of his costume. That is all right.
0: If he planned it, he'd like just Yeah, yeah. Up he'd
1: be like, "I'm going to go Captain as Captain
0: Hook or something." With a...
1: Yeah, and then I'll stab a guy with the. Can you imagine that? Get a, Captain Hook murder A really him elaborate
0: there. assassination attempt, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, at the gig. I'm that guy. Like, uh, you know, when I was younger. I mean, now, like, you know, if I go is running a gig or whatever, quite often I will stand at the back with chatting to the manager, or because it's like a jo- It's like my job now, but but like as a punter, yeah, I'm like just outside it. If the if the uh, mosh pit starts forming, I gently remove myself from the situation but like I liked being just close enough that I can watch it and yeah, like, yeah. a bit involved
1: like, maybe push someone a the, bit. the ideal position that yeah, do you I mean. ever have um, I think for a lot of people they have this and and I suppose um, you must be aware of it and and use it in how you market like scruff of the neck bands but there's this sort of aspirational quality to watching bands and, and just being like oh sort of wish and like people um, indulge in like fantasy that maybe they could be in a band uh, maybe not for all, some people are just like no yeah, I can't play I just like watching it but I think a lot of people sort of wish that they were either like a Formula One racer or a, a you know premiership yeah. footballer or in a band and you used to do like well MCing to start with <laughs> but then you were you actually toured playing Um so do you ever you watch, you're surrounded by it all the time. Do you ever go, oh, like, I wish I'd sort of stayed in it? And...
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of. So when I was, I wasn't in a touring band. We'd, we were in like a local band, but I just got obsessed with Yeah, but you
1: went round like the UK, Well, right? I,
0: booked, I basically right, got obsessed with my MySpace page. And I, want, and I had those, there was a band in Manchester that I was kind of in a friendly rivalry with. And um, I was trying to like, have more gigs on my MySpace than them. Yeah. So I was obsessed. I was like, I've always been a bit obsessive. So I was like obsessed with like success of, of my MySpace gig listing. I always wanted like 40 gigs, right? So we took anything. So when I say tour, it was like going and playing Blackburn Bar or
1: that's touring.
0: Uh, Mid- Mid- Middleton, um, I suppose it is really yeah. Middleton Carson's Bar. We've ca- we played with Cash Fish and the Bottomland once. Yeah. Supported them and then I did the sound because the guy, my mate, who was doing the sound, it wasn't a sound guy neither was I but I like. And he pushed the PA. I bet you things? got a
1: few claims to fame, like a few little, like, well, actually, we were the first. That like, have you got a few more like that?
0: What as a band?
1: Either that or just like. Oh, I um, always
0: claimed to be the uh, very first person to um, make uh, Doc Martens fashionable in Manchester. <laughs> I say this to loads of people. that get dead annoyed. Like, That's like. like
1: I, I wrote the lyrics to Roxanne Down on a Napkin" and then Sting found it.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like that. Doc well, like Martens. I remember like uh, when, um, I like my mum was talking about them. From like the seventies or something, and I just found it like really cool. And I went and found some like cherry ones when I was a lot younger. And, and no, and I used to get pissed taken them. And now everyone fucking wears them. I was like, I didn't actually blood Doc Martins into Manchester culture now, but you know, I think Dude, I had you an can influence. create the narrative. I think it did. It's like uh, at Man United once, me and my mate when we were about seventeen started a chant, and it went round the whole of Old Trafford, and we were like, yes. You know what I mean? It was. I remember it was a Diego Forlan chant. I was like, yeah. Diego. Whoa. And it just started going, and it's like, oh. and then like seventy-five thousand people, oh, minus the away fans were singing it, and it was like, it's like, that, like the, the, best, best, the best thing I ever achieved was that. Do you reckon? <laughs> yeah. Probably well, being a father and starting a business. Yeah, I
1: mean, speaking of the, the business part of it, although I don't know how much you want to talk about. Maybe uh, if we've got time, get into, you know, like Alfie and uh, like your son and and how yeah. that's been in lockdown and stuff. But um, in terms of Achievements with Scruff. Obviously, I've heard you say, you know, like the Aim Award, and uh, you know, sort of breaking certain bands and having certain bands like charting and uh, even in other countries, and and all this sort of thing. They're obviously the easy to point to um, achievements. Are there any achievements that for you are, are quite meaningful, but are sort of difficult to describe the significance of to other people?
0: Um, like you, you good just question, think, man. Oh, he's got me. He's got me now. Uh, the, the, the big moment, like, so we had a band in the, uh, on the TV show on Twitch last night at the office called the Slow Readers Club, and then, um, sorry, I'm getting a bit lispy, because when I drink, my tongue swells take, take my, a Take a drink, man. It's not even, it's not a moisture issue, it's like a swelling, a alcohol-induced swelling of <laughs> your tongue. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, it's, gr- it's grotesque, really. But um, Slow Readers Club, which is really hard to say with a sw- swollen tongue. Yeah. <laughs> We're... Uh, we were in last night and uh, they're like the most important, I think the most important band in my career that helped me get from hobby to career, do you know what I mean? Like, so Scruff of the Neck, when I started it, I didn't just like go into it and get investment and do it, I built it all up with my bare hands like, along, as a hobby. And I just, every time I made money, I put it in a bank account. And,
1: and it was for fun at the beginning, or were you, were you seeing, like, oh, this has got legs this Yeah, it is was, gonna...
0: like, fun, and also, like, I like to, I just, you know, like, when I played football, I always had silver boots and took the free kicks and wanted to be, like, the showman, even though I wasn't always the best player, but I tried dead hard to be. And I think I've always, and I was in a band, like, I think I've always probably wanted to show off or something, That like, it must be that, like. Um, and uh, I think having, I always liked having, like, something like my football, or it's like a hobby, really. And um, so I was like, oh, I fancy doing it. But then I was like, you know, I was like, oh, I want to I wanna grow something. I want to, like, develop. I used to play, like, um, computer games like uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon. And I used to build, like, the most amazing, immaculate parks. And I'd have the save for, like, I wouldn't stop and create a new one. I'd build it and I'd be on it for, like, you know, like 250 computer years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd, I remember once levelling the map, like, making enough money that I could, like, there was, like, all these mountains on the map, and I levelled it all, so my brothers could go and just have, like, a sandbox mode, go and make whatever part they wanted with infinite money and a flat terrain, and uh, that kind of is what I was doing with Scruff of the Neck. Yeah. I was, like, building the park, I was adding little bits, like I added in a ride there, and, you know what I mean, this is the analogy.
1: It's a good analogy.
0: And I was building, building my empire, like, bit by bit, and I just, the more I got into it, the more I wanted to build it. Um, so it was a hobby but then I knew it could make money because people would come and pay for drinks and so I realised, I was like well people are going to buy tickets for this because it's good, they want to come and that's where you make money, it's quite simple you sell, sell, sell tickets to an experience right, which is kind of a big part of my business still, um, so anyway going off on one a bit there but uh, S- Slow Readers Club, the moment was there was many of them but the real moment I felt like was when we sold the writs out with readers, like we talked about it. I, talk, I had a little chat with a band last night and Reminisced and it was like dead nice talking about it because um, you know that band always they, they put a lot of faith in me because they, they were they'd been playing in bands for years and they were they, they had a bit of an underlying respect in Manchester but they'd never sh- strategically quite nailed the growth of their audience because they'd been doing too many gigs or whatever in Manchester at once. They'd have, have right. like Five on sale. Um. Anyway, and they that, played. that's not a good thing. No, you should never. You should only ever have one show on sale in in one place at a time. because okay. Otherwise, you spread your fan base. So, you want to sell them out and create a fear of missing out, don't you? Okay. So, it's like, right, sold out, you can't come down. Yeah, you know, a lot of these
1: things will be um, common sense to you, but I I think for new bands, like that. So, I often interact with new bands who just, you you have to explain things like that to them and they go, oh, yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah. And so, I think there are some counterintuitive things that are just sort of common misconceptions with. Bands that I've first started out. I'll elaborate on that yeah. for you.
0: Uh, but the, the gig anyway was that that was the moment. It was we would built them up and we'd we'd gotten from a pub in Chawton They've got, I've got this artwork in the office and it says Aaron the singer had written a Cheers Mark from a pub in Chawton to this something like that. It's a, a sold out O2 Apollo yeah. poster, massive in a glass frame, and he's written it with silver pen. And it's just I look at it every day and I'm like that's what happened with Scruff. It was like from a, I started it in a pub. It's like from a pub in Chawton or from a pub to this that's like every day I look at that and I'm like that's what I did I've got the office and the studio and stuff so advice for bands on that front is yeah like a lot of bands think oh you've got to get out and play and people have got to see you and then you'll create fans and that kind of is true a bit but also you need to create an experience so like when I was in a band when we did a gig we'd like it was like a big night out and we'd sell like 100 tickets because all our mates wanted to come because it was like fun yeah. and we'd all like get on it and get pissed and there. Uh, and then we put on a show, and it'd be like really good fun. We'd all go for it, and have all our mates and our girlfriends and all that, would all be like dancing around. And, um, and 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 we never went any further because we weren't that good. So, the, the, but people when they came to our gigs enjoyed it, and we had fans because it was fun. So anyway, if if you have more than one show on sale, you'll split your audience. You won't have a focus. You'll annoy other, the promoters as well because promoters will be like, oh why are you selling tickets for another gig when I'm putting you on? I've booked a venue. And, yeah. And you should respect the promoters, you know what I mean? Like Promoters definitely should respect the bands and it should be a mutual thing. Like promoters Promoting is a tough job and a valuable job that needs to be done, do you know what I mean? Um, so I have one show on sale in a town at once, unless it's sold out, then you can put another one on, obviously, because you've sold it out. But really focus on making that an occasion and then make sure everyone that goes to that gig, your fans and then the new fans that you'll touch upon, the people that maybe come for another band or the new fans make sure they're there and it's full and it's buzzing and they're like wow that Shaolin Pete gig was amazing <laughs> we've got to go to next, when's the next one and then you're like the next one is and you go up a venue that'd, and then you create a buzz that'd you know be I mean? a
1: shit name for a band though yeah,
0: it's good Pete. everyone loves it When I, I, I was, no
1: one no one knows what it is no one can say it no one knows how to spell it Shualan. yeah it's just like oh Shaylon Pate Shaolin yeah Pate it's, it's a bad one yeah. what was your band called the one that you were touring
0: in before I'll never ever disclose no way really <laughs> Because it's still, uh, still, some of the stuff is on um, SoundCloud. Somewhere. So it's
1: possible to find it.
0: Yeah, I'll show you after. All right, oh, fair. But like uh, it. it can't go out on the www, the World Wide web. Okay,
1: that's fair. So you were talking about um, as one example of what younger or you know new bands might um, think is a good move, but isn't. Are there any other little bit, little nuggets of uh, advice, industry wisdom? Um, Obviously, you can charge a consultancy fee.
0: You don't don't rely on right. There's a there's a, there's a thing uh, like a, a business like a modelling thing. Like, there's loads of like models you can uh, and approaches in business. Right, I, I like I'm into all that. So I like having like visual, simple ways of contextualising the bigger thing. Wasn't there
1: the washing machine? Do you remember that one? I oh, was
0: yeah. it was one of Matt's, wasn't it? That was like, yeah. the content washing machine, but um, which was the idea of just. F- f- uh, putting a fan into this into social media into washing machine, funneling them,
1: funneling them through different levels of like yeah, well you're that.
0: helping with that, so I'm glad that you're into that because yeah. you're helping with that today, aren't you? With Bilk, yeah. But um, uh, what was I going to say then? Uh, different models for oh yeah yeah, so advice for a band is there's, there's um, a model called the circle, it's something to do with the circle of influence and the circle of concern. So it's a circle, imagine a circle within a circle, right?
1: Concentric.
0: Yeah, there you go. So. The circle in the middle is the circle of influence, which mm-hmm. is things you can control. Yeah. And the circle outside it is a circle of concern. So things you can control as a band is getting a gig. So you could, you could if you wanted to, I, I always say work with promoters, because I'm a promoter, but um, if you can't, if a promoter won't book you, then book a venue yourself, right? So you can control booking a gig, and you could print some tickets off on paper if you wanted, or whatever. Yeah. And you could put a gig on, and you could figure out how to put do the sound or get a mate to do it or hire someone to do it, and you can put a gig on. So it's in the circle of influence. It's something you can control. Something in the circle of concern is like something that relies on a gatekeeper or a person that you can't control. You should still target everything in the the, the whole circle, right? But don't worry about the circle of concern. So things like, for example, getting a play on radio. Well, there's a person somewhere that decides that, and there's a finite number of slots you cannot control if you're going to get on it no matter how hard you try So don't worry about it. Try, but don't worry, right? Getting in the NME, right? You know, that that would be great for everyone, but if you can't get it, don't worry about it because it's, it's not in your control. Have a strategy for it, but don't sleep at night, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, focus on the circle of influence. So, like, um, you can put a gig on and don't, like, I've, I've had bands where they're like, I need a manager, I need a manager, I need a booking agent. No, you, you don't need one. It'd be nice to have one and you should shoot for it, build your team, but only when the time's right. So getting a manager... You might not need a manager that's managed Oasis or something like that. Sometimes it's just your mate who loves you or who's a bit industrious and will, will bleed for you. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what I how I got into how I learned how the whole music industry works and built a company that services all areas was I was a manager. Excuse me. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Sorry. So uh, I was a I was a manager and. Um, uh, I just figured out how to manage bands. I didn't know how any of the mu- music industry worked. I never had an education in it or any- didn't go to music college, didn't work for a music company, just figured it all out. But Because I was really hungry and tried really hard and hopefully the bands or the testers that I've managed, like, I, ne- I was relentless and never stopped learning and fighting and meeting people. Yeah. Um, and bands can do that themselves is my point. Um, you don't need to rely on something you think you should have. Just go, go, go. And all that matters is fans. Yeah. That's all that matters. Your mum can be a fan, your best mate can be a fan. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I know everyone wants like new people they don't know, but why? Like, why can your fan base not start as your friends and your family? Because you can control that, because yeah. you can ask them if they'll come to the gig. Do you know what I mean? You'll be like, do you want to come and watch the gig? Then it'll be fun, and it'll be nice to play to you. You yeah, know what I mean? It'd, be, my, weird, my it'd be
1: weird not to have those close friends and family as your initial fan base, because that's like when you meet someone and they've got no best friends, you're like... What Are you some sort of weird snaky person then? Like, where, yeah. where, where's your little core unit? So, if a band is like not popular in their hometown or whatever, you're like, well, what, what moves have you been, have you been making? Like, how did you mm. begin? If there's you no- fo- that's
0: a good point you've made. there focus on your hometown because you can. Um, sometimes you get bands that form at uni, and that's really good because one might be from Leeds, one might be from Manchester, one's from London, and one's from Bristol. So you've got four hometowns there. Yeah. If, everyone's got more responsibility, but. You could be like, right, we'll do a tour then of all the places we're from, and then you just go to all your old mates and stuff. And if you can sell 50 tickets, it was a brand new band, before you've you know you've developed it. That's what you found at your um, start of the snowball, and you can roll it with all the other fans. And do you think it's?
1: It. Um, are you still um, optimistic that live because uh, we're talking about um, if we're talking about the branches of things that scruff is. Uh, sort of focusing on that—that that would be called just like the live sector. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Do, Are you um, hopeful that it still is going to be important to have those hometowns? Like, because gigs might not be coming back in the come, same way,
0: right? I think I think it'll have to come back the way it was eventually, right? Um, and I think it'll like life will be more important than ever, really.
1: I think there could be a good renaissance. You know, people just right. Well, we've taken a year, however long it's been off. I'm I'm never going to spend a night in my house ever again.
0: I, I think I think um yeah I think I think people I think people will still go to gigs but they'll appreciate them more so maybe like you, you know some people might go to less gigs I, I d- maybe I don't know it might be a capacity thing but if I think if people can can go to less gigs they'll then spend more money and time and energy and like enjoy it more do you know what I mean yeah like I think it'll Savorite. be less frivolous it'll be more like that's just the way I'm... I'm yeah, before no idea, lockdown,
1: but I think some uh, gig, gig goers, who, who habitual sort of gig enthusiasts, might have been a, spread a bit thin, you know, just like every night and yeah. then trying to go from one gig to another gig in the same night. And yeah. Now it'll be a little bit more like, oh, well, you, you know, in the way that, say, people will reduce their meat consumption because they want to, uh, you know, yeah, affect climate I change, think, people will be like, oh, well, I'll I'll make sure COVID never resurfaces by only going to two gigs a week, but then I'll really save... Yeah, it do you know, gigs. like...
0: um like I remember when I was like super skinned like, I'm not bloody flush by any means but like when I was younger and I was a student and I'm like from humble background like uh, you know most people and uh, I had no fucking money and then you go out if you go out with 20 quid I remember going out with my brother right We and we, we had no money he was at like, 17 I was like 21 or something James and um, we were we had no money but we wanted to go out and he was like getting into nightclubs so I'd take him because I was a student and I'd be like I'll take you to nightclubs yeah and we had no money, but then we played, we were very good at FIFA. Me and James are very, very good as a team at FIFA. We've we nearly killed it. each other. I've seen it in Have the they? flesh. Yeah, we're very good at it, right? We're, we're like telepathic. We've been playing together since he was like a tiny little boy, you know what I mean? Like uh, I taught him how to play FIFA by just telling him to press shoot when I crossed it in, he'd head it in, but yeah. he was like tiny, you know what I mean? So we're like telepathic on it. And um, anyway, there was this, this time when, and I've got a point there, which, which <laughs> is that people will appreciate the Knights out more and they'll save the money and then they'll but we were skint, and but we wanted to go out just for the sake of going out, and we had no money. And uh, anyway, he had these two mates that fancied themselves at FIFA, and they were that like really good, they reckoned. And then we were like, right, come and play us, and we'll have a bet. We'll do best out of three, and we'll put twenty quid down each. So yeah. it was like forty, you know, what forty quid on each side, and put, and uh, we ended up playing them, and uh, they were really good actually. But we ended up winning with like a last minute goal like from. I remember it vividly. Andres Iniesta, Barcelona. James did a short corner to me and I cut out to the edge of the area and bent it right in the top corner in the last minute and we were like, yeah! Anyway, I digress. We then went out on 40 quid. So we had to spend like seven quid on the train each. Yeah. So then we had 26 quid left after that. That's fast math. It's good math, isn't it? Uh, anyway, by the nature of us having only 26 quid then we, we had to pay entry into the club which was like a five each or something. Or we might have got him free like before the doors. But it's not going to get you very far and you have to get home and everything. And uh you end up having a bit of a shit night because we like, were being like jerks. Like We, we were bear banditing. like We bear bandited a couple of drinks.
1: Is that what it's called? Yeah, a uh, couple of town? drinks on the side. We and, call like, it Mind Sweeper in my Stealing, own
0: really. Mind Sweeping, yeah. yeah. Bear bandit, we It's so a good like, way to get yourself spiked. <laughs> it might have been a good <laughs> thing at the time, I don't know. But, like, we, Half um, a spiked drink, <laughs> man. That, that's thing,
1: worth man. like seven normal drinks. Yeah, it's not... It's a,
0: it's not. No one here, for, it was jovial response. No one is condoning Viking <laughs> jo- drinks. It's
1: all a joke, it's, it's a not, joke. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, um, yeah, it's not a laughing matter. But, it, uh, but in this instance, yeah, we, we were beer banding, which is not cool, stealing, but we were... But it um, is pretty Can cool. you put, like, a red ticker here, a disclaimer? <laughs> Mark Lickman is doing this for... The views wins.
1: expressed in this podcast should not reflect... It's these not are not similar. my
0: views. These are my... For, for
1: the record, the, the host of the pod condones it. Mind sweeping. I think it's a brilliant way to uh spend as little money as possible on a night. Yeah, it's out. harmless.
0: It was like a quid yeah, drink. And you're helping it, you know, the
1: like bar staff, they're gonna have to go around collecting all them. You're making yeah. the glasses lighter. It's
0: pretty bad. But anyway, <laughs> so it's a bit of a like a bit of a a bit of a wrong night. And you, you know it's funny, but you don't really enjoy it. No one wants to like nick someone's drinks and like you say, you don't know what's in it, it could be anything, could be some could have been early COVID, like fucking you never know, man. Could have you, been where COVID starts. That could have been where I definitely didn't. The bat was a Bacardi bat. We're going on a massive tangent here. <laughs> um, so I think the point was I was making was, instead of people going out five times with 20 quid and having five horrible, scruffy nights, yeah, not in a good way, people might save the money and go out and really have it. But that might benefit the bands because they'll go and they'll love it more and they'll sing more and they'll buy the jumper and the vinyl record and uh, get it signed. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a thing that'll happen. I don't know. That's just a thing I've made up right now.
1: Yeah, I'm optimistic for it. Do you think, and I'm conscious that we're going to have to maybe wrap up soon because you got a little Zoom call. I've got
0: like 10 minutes, or something. You're a
1: busy man, a busy, younger
0: entrepreneur. Well, we can always jump back in, I don't mind.
1: That's true. Just as you said, like, oh, buy the jumper and the vinyl and stuff. Uh, I'm always trying to think, when I'm chatting to bands, what's an interesting bit of merch? Just on a tangent here, what, what do you think is a good, unique... Have you seen any bands selling oh, like weird shit?
0: Yes. So I was on the phone to a brilliant guy the other day who runs um a company called blood records and flying vinyl fascinating to chat to the guy like and uh, blood records um is it's got like a cult following of uh, people who love unique vinyl products um blood records they don't have,
1: use blood in the vinyl do they no, okay. no I don't
0: know. they've got one that's like got um uh, they did it with king gizzard and the lizard wizard yeah is that right First I don't time, want to say he gizzard, got it. Don't that. Right. Gizzard. Gizzard. <laughs> a gizzard blizzard. <laughs> actually, that's your nickname, I think. But, um, so they've got a they did a vinyl record. And it had like um, goo in it. You know, like you move it around as it spins, like the goo goes on. Like a oh, sick. sick! And then they've also done one for a band called Low Island, who I love, who actually put their first gig on before they even were a band, under the radar to nice. test, road test them um, in Manchester. And uh, Low Island have done... Uh, I think it was... Lowland. They've done, like, a, a an... Is it augmented reality? Where the disc spins... And, you and get a phone, hologram comes a out. A hologram comes out. This is Bud Records. Damn. With the artists. So I'm like... And and the reason I was on the phone to him was because I'm like, I need to get me some of this. Yeah, that's get the it, way like, to
1: what? sell a vinyl.
0: Yeah, and I think that's like, you know, we're thinking more and more now that it's not about volume and just shifting loads of crap. It's like, create something that's limited that's like a keepsake. That's what merch is. The records are... People do listen to vinyl records, but it's more a collectible. So it's like create something that's, you know, the ratings, Red Vinyl, Red Smoke Vinyl that came out, had a track called Red Smoke on the last EP. Um, we sold a limited run once so they're gone, they're gone. So people are like, if I don't get it, I'll never get it. And then they're going on Discogs for like 200 quid or whatever. So I think it's really important to have unique products and, you know, any, any band can do that. Like even burning CDs in your own CD burner and then writing, handwriting like the name of the record like one day if you end up a massive band which is the aim right Yeah, that could be like the ultimate collectible imagine like an Arctic Monkeys CD Original. that Alex Turner had written Arctic Monkeys you know a dem- uh, certain romance demo or something yeah. go for like thousands of pounds yeah But or you could just have it and love it priceless yeah, yeah priceless that's why I look at my stuff I have everything to priceless really
1: um, shall we take a, a little break so that you can uh, get on this Zoom quick? I've got ages, you
0: know. I won't have to rush off. I'll text Chris.
1: So obviously now that things are starting to uh, evolve back into norm- normality and you know return to some sense of uh, equilibrium, have you got some some dreams for scruff of the neck? Some uh, yeah, man. Uh, and are these? Uh, like project it like, oh, by this month, this, this, or are some of them just like wild fantasies that you hold?
0: I used to think, I think as I've got older and I've run my business longer, I think more long-term, I used to think like, what am I going to do next week? Yeah. What am I going to do tomorrow even? Um, and then it was like, what am I going to do next month? And then it's like next year. And now it's like in the next few decades, do you know what I mean? So, um, you know, one of, one of the things that's like, if you were, you know, if you were looking at what the, the key... Messages are from Scruffy. One of them is Manchester. I love Manchester. I've grown up here. My little boy grows up here. All my family are from here. Um, And uh, yeah, like I I want, I want to do something in the long run that leaves a long-lasting, valuable legacy for people in Manchester and like something we can be proud of. You know how we're very proud of. You know, I'm a big Man United fan, uh, so I hate City, but I don't hate it because City. It's good that a loving loving rivalry. Yeah, well it's good that it's good for Manchester when you take the tribalism out of it, that there's Manchester, Manchester top of the Premier League can um so the football is great for our city because we are like known in every corner of, of earth for our football in yeah. Manchester, which is mint. If you go on holiday and people go, Where are you from? and you go, Manchester and they go, Ah, Man
1: United Yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. And and I want them to then go in that Scruff of the Neck Scruff of the Neck, yeah. <laughs> I, w- I, w- I want people to know Manchester in every corner of planet Earth. And, and Man United, and, and of
1: United. so that is a, a good little soundbite, a good little um, you know quotable for um, a, you know a CEO of a business to uh, you know it's a good sort of mission statement. To what degree is that um, sort of surrounded with any? doubt for you or or any sort of oh I feel like I have to say I have to I remember people would always ask me like what do you want for yourself and I felt a pressure to go oh ultimately direct films or something but it's just a good sort of it sounds like a good goal like is that um, for you do you genuinely want that and feel like
0: it's going to happen or yeah I think for me if that if well when that happens when that happens um, it will be because we've done something Unbelievable, and yeah. there's a million things we'll have to do, like winning the award, launching Scruff of an Act TV, selling out tours, putting on gigs in churches. Like, it, it, uh, that was a good one. Work, yeah, working. That was with, the Halloween one, right? Yeah, that was the that was a yeah the Cassie gig. All these amazing things will happen, but that drives me and makes me like, you know, like uh, like when I put a social media post up yesterday with a pint, I could have gone, the pubs are back, brilliant, you know, like, but I was like. Welcome back, pubs of Manchester. So, I always talk about Manchester, it's all about Manchester. It's all about like, I'm glad the pubs in Manchester are back. I'm glad they're back everywhere, but I'm yeah. like, I, I, I hone everything in on that, and it's like a bit of a law of attraction thing where I'm like, like
1: manifesting I think, it.
0: Yeah, I want us to be, you know, we've got amazing music legacy in, in Manchester, and there's great music companies here already, but I want us to be like, you know, known for breaking the sound of a generation bands yeah. and. Um, you know doing amazing things for people like young people and unfortunate people like I'm getting involved in uh, helping a mate of mine who's, who has an amazing project uh, providing meals for homeless and um, I'm trying to help him with that like just support him it's his thing but I'm like trying to support him with it and, and, and uh, just doing those kind of things that matter with that end goal and it's not about money do you know what I mean it's not like a want that's not a monetary thing or it's not about me yeah. it's just about Manchester and if Scruff of the Neck can do that for that's the cool city man then I can also hopefully inspire a lot of other people in other cities to to think that Yeah, because I've did it with my bare hands
1: and I can't see any reason why that wouldn't happen considering the trajectory that it's already taken from having begun I think you know it obviously could sound like there's an element of just uh, sort of wanting to manifest it in that law of attraction thing like, you know, when people go, I'm gonna be famous by I'm gonna be the next Conor McGregor or you know, and you're just like, mm, I don't know if that's like realistic, but yeah. I feel like yours is well within the remit of what could be achievable for the company considering like if we just if we sort of do maths and graphs of it, then you can extrapolate from that if you just continue on the rise that yeah. it, then it is going to be as popular and
0: as yeah. widespread as, as It's just got a matter and uh to matter, a lot of people have got to believe in it and you need to provide something for those people for it to matter. Yeah, what do you mean by that? I just, like, all, it's like the, the, the thing I said before about all that matters is fans, like, ra- getting Radio 1, getting the NME, getting a big Spotify playlist, it's all great and it, it, it exposes you to new audiences, but, like, if it doesn't make you fans, if you get a track on the radio but no-one likes it and doesn't become a fan, then it never mattered. Do you know what I mean? all that matters is fans, so that's why with what I'm doing, all that matters is people get something out of it, like, I remember meeting people who'd, like, met each other at one of my gigs and got married and stuff, little things like that are, like, oh, that matters to me, people, I've, I've had managed bands and I've got them from it being their hobby to being their full-time job and, um, you know, I've played my part in that and, and uh, you know, got pe- members of staff working the dream jobs and stuff and it's like, that's what matters to me, like, that that we achieve that, and obviously I want to make money and, and um, be, be, you know, provide for my family. But it's not about that. It's about like it mattering. But I think if you if you make something that matters, the money will come. Like right? the, the success will come if you make things that matter to people. Very well put, man. Nice one. Um,
1: well, yeah, I appreciate you coming, spending some time, man, and uh, it's good to hear a little bit of uh, behind the scenes and the plans and a little bit about the guy. Yeah. You know,
0: behind. I it enjoy all. it, mate. I like watching your podcast. It's very weird. I'll take that, I agree with in it. In a good way. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good to be strange, that's why I procure your professional creative services on a frequent yeah. basis. Yeah, we've
1: got a few collabos coming out, and uh, in the you know a few yeah. things that we'll be dropping that we've worked on together, but yeah, if anyone wants to make sure that they're staying abreast of all the uh, comings and goings at Scruff, and uh, all the new shit, sex item, lots of plans obviously, in a bunch of wicked bands, um, you know, who are the top bands there? At, the at Raisins
0: Scruff? are our... Uh like the ones that are, are, are creating a movement yeah. and, that matters to people. Yeah. And rating, it's not just the band, it's all the people. Like, you're at a gig, it's everyone's a rating. We're all ratings. Nice. Like, and uh, they're, they're like, they're creating, they've created something and they're going to develop something that's going to live in people's memories for generations. Nice. <laughs> so the ratings... Um, Bill, Caribbean. we've got. Loads. I can't. If I, re- I just well, read yeah, I it's mean, like your children, you need your love, but i like the ratings are the ones that are, you know sold ten thousand tickets yeah. in a pandemic and, and top got a top forty album. So you know, I'd, I'd, I'd say they're
1: Well, yeah, I think, and if people treat Scruff of the Neck as as like the hub to find these uh, these bands, right? Um, okay. where, where where are they going to go? And uh, I have
0: to wrap it up. Yeah, I'll do this. I can jump back in and finish off.
1: Well, it's just say the socials, and then we'll.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So best thing to do is uh, follow Scruff of the Neck, which is at Scruff of the Neck. We've also got at Scruffernet live, um, and then follow me personally as well. Like I, you know, I give a different insight and a different uh, way of looking at things to the business, which is Mark Underscore Lipman, two P's, two ends, and two G's in dog. So
1: nice one, man. Thanks for watching, nice one, everyone. Mate.